You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe. Great to be chatting with you again on another episode of Homegrown Faith. How are you going? I am well, thank you, Richard. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. I have been having a good time in the last couple of weeks doing some deep frying. That's what I'd love to share with you, Joe. Um, I'm not an adrenaline junkie, but uh, when it comes to deep frying, it is an adrenaline experience. We're talking a litre or two of oil at 180 degrees on a wobbly wok. There in the stove, dropping things into it. Um, it is, uh, yeah, it's, you enjoy it's it. good. I do. <laughs> And the so last two weeks I've cooked some churros, the Mexican Ooh, kind of donuts, yep. and also some uh, tonkatsu, some Japanese crumbed um, uh, pork dropped into that hot oil. So it's very well received by my family as well. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a question. When yeah. you're doing this deep frying, yeah. are the family all there watching? Like is it a spectator sport as well or are they letting you do your stuff and then they come and eat when you're ready? Uh, yeah, they're, they're not as interested as to, they're more interested in the eating than the spectating. <laughs> uh, and I, I like it. I don't actually want them around because, you know, I've, I've often got, I've got jeans, I've got leather sh- shoes on. I'm often wearing <laughs> dishwashing gloves because when you, when you drop liquid of, or any kind of water into oil at 180 degrees, there's a violent response. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you wear safety goggles? No, I haven't got that far, but I wear glasses. So sometimes <laughs> yeah. after the end of cooking, there's a bit of a splatter there, but. Yeah. Oh, have that you, sounds so fun. Have you have you done any uh, deep frying, Joe? No, and I'm almost ready to commit to never doing it because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good in the kitchen to start off with. So I think <laughs> that sounds like a next level cooking skill that I, you know, don't really need to acquire. <laughs> oh well, it's it's it is hit and miss. You know, sometimes things don't come out as planned. So my churros, for example, weren't particularly fluted with the. I didn't quite have the quite equipment, so. It, Really, okay. just looked like sort of a poo Six shape. Of <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, yeah, it, and hence it didn't quite cook through, and a bit different. So, but the, but the fact the fact it's deep fried covers a lot of you know food errors. So, <laughs> it does sound super fun. Yeah. Well, here's something I wanted to talk about. Yes, tell I us. have. I have. I'm wanting to talk about driveway etiquette. So. Mm. I now have a driveway and I realized as I was reflecting on why I was thinking about this so much is I've never had a driveway before. Really? Yeah. So on the farm, you just drove up to the house. It was like one big long road. Yeah, And then everywhere I've lived since then didn't have a driveway or the one house it did was so obscurely you couldn't get to the driveway that it was no thing. But (laughs) my new house has a driveway and what I've realized is some people park in the driveway and some people don't. Yeah. But I don't mind if people park in the driveway. And so now I have this tension of do I let people freely decide where they want to park or is it just nice and convenient to say, as I say to people coming over, why don't you park in the driveway? But then there's also the people who are like, oh, don't park in the driveway because I might have to leave quickly. You know, like so a tradesperson coming over, I don't Mm. necessarily want them to park in the driveway, but they might want to park in the driveway. Yeah. Anyway, driveway etiquette. Do you have this discussion a lot with people? Mm. I do, yeah. Because mm. having t- two cars, um, oh yeah. Some sometimes, uh, yeah. It, no, it does get complicated. Yeah. Right. This can I, can I share my ideas? Yeah, tell me. Okay, so I think 
you should always assume that a tradesman will want to use your driveway. Yes. Because they're okay. carrying stuff. That um, makes absolute sense. So uh, if any kind of tradesman, they say, I'm coming around at this time, I would normally try and keep the driveway free. Yeah, okay. Um, Smart. Visitors, I would expect them to, I think it would be it's polite, and this is what I do, if I end up parking in someone's driveway, I would say, I hope you don't mind, I've parked in your driveway. Would you like ah. me to move it or ah. um, is that okay? Oh, so the onus is on the person parking, not the owner. Because I was like, now I've got a pool and I'm having people over for a swim. I feel like saying mm. you should park in the driveway because it's just that much closer. If they're in their togs, it's like, yeah. yeah. That's, anyway. that's quite appropriate for you to do as well. <laughs> when you invite people around, you'd say, come around, feel free to park in the driveway. Yeah, there it is. See, this yeah. is the etiquette that we need to discuss <laughs> as as people who have cars <laughs> and driveways. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's only just the start of it, really. But um, Yeah, because yeah. it's also um, when you're saying farewell, do you stand in the driveway and wave goodbye <laughs> or do you stand at the door and wave goodbye? Because sometimes I've had some awkward moments where I'm standing in the driveway and they're taking quite a long time to leave. My feet are getting sore because I've got a Pebble Creek driveway. Anyway, all yeah. these things. <laughs> driveway no, etiquette. <laughs> there's no easy way out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you have something cooking on the stove where you can say <laughs> Goodbye. Maybe. I've just deep got to frying. check. I've got to check on my deep frying. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, sure. this yeah. is my open invitation to anyone listening. Always feel free to park <laughs> in my driveway. I, that's very helpful. I'm a free driveway person. Anyway, yeah. that's me. That's me. That's a fantastic. We should to talk hear. about now, more interesting things like the Bible. We we the Bible is very interesting, and you <laughs> are in the middle of a chrono. Well, starting out with a chronological Bible project. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Where are you up to, Joe? I'm into Exodus. So basically, for anyone who's who's been thinking chronological Bible, that means I've gone through Job because Job is very early. Um, yeah. And which surprises people because it's in wisdom literature, so it's later in the Bible, a regular Bible layout, mm. but it's early dating wise. So read Job, and now I'm into Exodus. I'm in mm-hmm. Exodus 12, and this is you know this is the big chapter. This is the Passover. Mm. So Moses and Aaron have been agitating with Pharaoh. There've been so many plagues, disgusting things happening. Quite, um, I can just picture like the daunting moment where boils and frogs and what <laughs> happen. But mm. the thing that actually stood out to me, and this is so random, but I just I just thought I'd share it, is yeah. um, Exodus 12 verse 11. It's been it's, it's a huge long chapter, um, but the statement that really interests me is, I'll just read it. Here is how you must eat it, that is the Passover. You must be dressed for travel, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. You're to eat it in a hurry. It's the Lord's Passover. I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and strike every firstborn male in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. I am Yahweh. I will execute judgments against all the gods of Egypt. And it continues on. And Mm. when you read verse 12, which was the part about God passing, Yahweh passing through the land of Egypt and striking down the firstborn, it's Mm. that captures your attention because it's Mm. this horrific, but also incredibly powerful moment of judgment. Mm. But in verse 11, they're dressed for travel, they've got their shoes on, their staff in their hand, which I think suggests to me that they're going to take their flocks because you take your staff when you're going to move your flock, mm. right? So, yeah. and they're going to eat the food in a hurry. Yeah. And then it happens in a hurry. It really, it just, bang. Um, yeah. It happens at midnight, verse 29, and then, then they're gone. Yeah. 
And I just was struck by that image. Firstly, my mind went to Sound of Music when they go perform in their travel clothes. (laughs) (laughs) As a little tangent to any Sound of Music fans. But I I just, it's quite an urgent image and- Mm. Yeah, I think perhaps tell me what you think. My my thought is that it's trying to capture an idea that God wants them to be ready for his timing and it's going to happen soon and a sign of trust that they're seeing that God is going to do it is that they're dressed in uncomfortable travel clothes and they're ready to go. Yeah. When the event hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. No, I think so. I think the whole Passover is it's very vivid as a teaching experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um which they're going to repeat year after year, but year um, after year. um the 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 blood, the lamb, the um, the yeast in preparation, uh, mm. and the whole idea that it would be mandated what you're actually wearing and your posture in this mm. eating meal just adds so much to um, the urgency, um, yeah. the escape, the redemption. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah. Reminds us, uh, like I think you were getting at this, the, um, some of the nature of um, salvation, there's an urgency to it, which... Yes, you read in the New Testament as well. Yes, and and that part of the trust in God there is readiness to to just um, obey Him with seeing that He set out how it's going to go, and so even though they can't see it, it hasn't yet happened. So mm. the, the firstborn hasn't yet this final plague hasn't yet yeah. happened. Yeah, um, which means because the Passover of the angel of death hasn't actually happened yet, but the meal has been, is being eaten. Yeah. And I just think, oh, we, we do live like that as Christians. We live mm. waiting for Jesus to return in yeah. readiness for that all the time. And so anyway, it just yeah. made me think maybe I need to think that I'm more in my travel clothes than I am in my <laughs> lounging about for a long meal clothes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. A good way to think. I, I, I think it also reminds me of Jesus and, and his The Last Supper, which was kind yeah, of good an point. urgent Mm. They they left the location, didn't they? They headed out. Did they? Um, oh, I forget that. Oh, yeah, yes, of course. They went the, to Gethsemane towards the garden. So um, yeah. they would have had cloaks on and yeah, and uh, sandals and everything. So mm. yeah. interesting. Well, that's great. I love the way yeah, you're just reading big chunks of the Bible here, but yeah, mm. picking picking up things that stand out and, and yeah, it was just a bit interesting. Reflecting on those, loving it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And what have you been reading lately, brother? Well, uh, this is filling up, picking up on our summer reading, which, uh, ah, yes, yes, I'm referencing. I did actually uh, finish The Cross from a Distance, Atonement Ooh. in Mark's Gospel by uh, Peter Bolt. Yep, something yeah. which, uh, as we spoke about, is a little more um, oh, a little more academic, a little, little more demanding, which is, mm. uh, good, mm. is nourishing. And uh, I thought I'd share, I just really loved Peter Bolt's treatment of uh, what's known as the cry of dereliction in Mark. Um, that's the one that is uh, my God, where Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, yeah. Psalm 22 verse 1. And, um, yeah, I've, I mean, I've come across this question of how do we interpret that um, in different readings over the yeah. years. But um, there was a few really helpful points from uh, Peter Bolt on this uh, question, um, which I thought I'd share. I think a couple of things that were, were helpful for me um, was like, uh, seeing Jesus cry there as an expression of um, his identifying with humanity. Um, so, uh, yeah, that that sense of desperation, despair, um, uh, s- sitting under the suffering that yeah. um, God is sovereign over um, sort of resonates with that. His experience as a priest, high priest that comes through in Hebrews. Mm. So, um, yeah, thinking that, even part of his priestly role there, uh, mm. I thought that was helpful. 
And mm. I think also um, this idea of um, the forsakenness of God being an experience of God's wrath. So it's where mm. Jesus has, um, yeah, he, it's, this is atonement in, in Mark's gospel. This is a climax. Um, as he expresses forsakenness from God, it's, he's really talking about experiencing the wrath of God. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, in, in sort of uh, fulfillment of Psalm 22, but also Isaiah and the suffering servant. Um, so to, uh, to a couple of quotes from this section, um, as the obedient servant, for the sake of many, he is forsaken in the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a bit further on, um, Jesus is forsaken because, like the psalmist, his father leaves him to endure this affliction rather than saving him out of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I found that helpful. Like he, he talks about sort of the challenges and stuff, but just thinking, yeah, there, there is Jesus on the cross um, experiencing forsakenness, um, mm. which mm. is really experiencing the, the wrath of God and that he's mm. taken the wrath of God for us, which, mm. yeah, we are thankful for. Yeah, that's right. And as you read that second quote about God, um, like the psalmist, leaving mm. Jesus to experience the suffering there. Mm. Um, was that that phrase, leaving him to experience? Uh, yeah, to endure this affliction rather than saving him out of it. Yes. That, like the Christian response immediately, right, in your heart, just you, you realise the mercy of the Father on the <laughs> on the sinner because mm. the 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 precious perfect son mm. is left to endure a suffering that, an affliction that he did not earn. And yeah. So, mm, wow. How merciful, but also how awful that Jesus yeah. had to experience that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So um, no. So that was yeah, really helpful. And just the whole book actually. Um, it, it is a book that you don't, you don't need a theological degree to read mm. a book like this, you maybe just skip over the footnotes and don't get bogged down there. But um, mm. Mm. it is just so refreshing to have someone walk you through the Bible and mm. the, a gospel, mm. speaking about how this this gospel is pointing in different ways, you know, not always super obvious, mm. to um, Jesus um, and the meaning of the cross, yeah, kind mm. of in every chapter of Mark. Mm. And Richard, just a quick question. This is a slight tangent, but yeah. how do you, find these good books other than things like you find them through recommendation because I know you often find them through footnote but this is footnotes but this book is is a bit of a classic isn't it so mm. how do people find the classics how do people know how to look for a book ah oh, great question yes we have talked about following chasing footnotes is yeah. one strategy um enjoying particular book series or publishers is another strategy mm. so this one in, is new studies in biblical theology uh which i've, I've never been disappointed by it the, yeah. um, it's got a silver a, cover is it? silver cover yeah yeah you'll see it in christian bookshops um so that's often a go-to for me when i've got a bit of headspace mm. um other ways and but yes reliable publishers a great good book company mm. matthias really you know, never been let down by mm. great publishers there crossway as well mm. and um Asking for recommendations, just chatting with people about their what they're reading. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It would be so great if churches were places where people were just saying, oh, what are you reading? Oh, have a read of this. I think we do have that culture at, at HBC mm. and love to mm. see it more of people just freely sharing um, what they're loving. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, um, no, oh, that's, uh, that's helpful. <laughs> good. Always please read a tangent on that one. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're it's back in the February, different things going on. <laughs> Look forward to uh, hearing 
yeah, what uh, you're doing next time. But uh, yeah, we're out of time, I think. So um, yes, we will talk next week. But b- between now and then, if anyone would like to check out another podcast that you might find interesting, we're part of the Reach Australia Podcast Network. So why not Google that or check that out? You can find some more podcasts that might interest you. Yeah. Other than that, we're done for the day, and um, <laughs> good to chat about Exodus and uh, the cross from a distance. And we'll yes, talk and next en- week. Enjoy your your uh, driveway etiquette, and uh, <laughs> I'll keep you updated on any uh, more deep frying adventures. All the best. All right. <laughs> talk to you, you soon. Bye. Bye.